World in 10 brings you the big news stories of the day, explained and analysed by the Times of London. Today with me, Jenny Barsby and Rebecca Myers. As the four-day truce in the Middle East holds for a second day, we bring you the latest on the released hostages and whether it could be extended. So yesterday was a momentous day for the families of some of those taken hostage by Hamas during the 7th of October terror attacks in Israel. And one I imagine they really didn't think they'd see. Thanks to a shaky four-day temporary truce between the two sides, 13 hostages were released by Hamas. Palestinian children were cheering the Red Cross vehicles taking over the Rafah crossing into Egypt. Now across the border were anxious family members, including Ronnie, the cousin of nine-year-old Ahad Munda. I'm waiting to see Ohad and I can't wait to give him his Rubik's Cube, which I know he really loved and he probably missed it so much. And that's the first thing he takes everywhere he goes. The hostages were taken to the Schneider Children's Hospital in Israel. A spokesperson updated reporters on their condition after arrival. Yesterday evening, um, four boys and girls, three mothers and one grandmother uh, arrived to Schneider Children's Medical Center. They are in good condition uh, and they are surrounded by our uh, multidisciplinary teams, social workers, psychologists, nurses and uh, uh, doctors. They are surrounded by the family, friends. And today, Saturday, we are expecting another 14 hostages to be released. And also as part of this four-day truce, 150 Palestinians being held in Israel are also being released. Plus 200 trucks carrying aid are being allowed into Gaza on a daily basis. But Mustafa Barghouti, a member of the Palestinian Liberation Organization and their central council, said it's not enough. This will be about 800 trucks in four days. If you add them to the 1,200 trucks, you're talking about 2,000 trucks since the 7th of October. Gaza needs 500 trucks of supplies, of food, of electricity, of of fuel every day. So you're talking about 2,000 trucks versus 24,000 that are needed. That's why there is scarcity of everything. Our colleagues in Gaza spoke to us and told us they are having great difficulty. There is no fuel, they cannot cook. They have to look for wood to make fire. They don't have oxygen in hospitals. Many people could die because of lack of electricity. So US President Joe Biden has said he hopes the truce will end up being extended beyond these four days. Yotam Confino is a journalist in Tel Aviv and explains how that might happen. I think Israel needs to know how many of the hostages remaining in Gaza are alive even. After the first 50 have been released, then there is the opportunity to extend the ceasefire with 24 hours in return for 10 hostages. But if Israel suddenly finds out that uh, too many of the hostages have been killed, their condition, they aren't in good conditions, then they might uh, choose to just stop the ceasefire and and continue to attack Hamas and try to uh, rescue some of the remaining hostages. It really depends on who's, who's behind, who's left behind and how many are alive. But yes, there is a real chance. And I think it's in both Hamas's interest and in Israel's interest to try and push this, this ceasefire as much as possible. And of course, the World in 10 will keep you updated with all the latest on the truce and the hostage releases throughout the coming days. The 
hits a young football team trapped in a Thai cave or 33 Chilean miners freed after 69 days underground. Stories of amazing rescues never fail to capture the imagination. Now all eyes are on India and the operation to try and rescue 41 workers who've been trapped in a collapsed tunnel for two weeks now. We did think that the 200-strong team, which has been toiling around the clock to free this group in near-freezing temperatures, were just metres from success, but they've come up against a snag, a big snag. Arnold Dix, the head of the International Tunnelling and Space Association, explains. The drilling, the augering, has stopped. Yeah. It's too much for the auger, OK? OK. It's like our auger is <laughs> it's not, not going to do anything more. We're looking at, as we've always been, multiple options, but with each option we're considering how do we make sure that 41 men come home safe and we don't hurt anyone. So this means the last 10 metres needs to be done using handheld drills. Of course, this is going to take a lot longer. And as the Times reporter in India, Amrit Dillon, told us, reaching the men isn't actually the end of the story. The workers will be strapped to uh, stretchers stretchers that have wheels on them, uh, the stretcher will go down, The work, one worker will be strapped to the stretcher, and then that stretcher on wheels will be pulled up um, to the surface. And that, that's going to be a very nasty, claustrophobic experience. It's a narrow pipe, uh, a bit of the surfaces could be sharp. So we're, they're going to assess the condition of each worker before the worker is strapped to the stretcher. One worker has very sweetly offered to be the last one to get out. So that's, that's a nice gesture. So uh, they seem okay, given the awful conditions, but it is uh, that last bit is still going to be fairly complicated. Amrit has written an article for The Times, including a graphic of the rescue plan, which really lays bare how big an operation this is. And she also explains how the men have been kept alive thanks to an ordinary water pipe which had been placed in the tunnel during construction. And it's through that pipe that tiny packets of food and medicine are being sent to the workers. It's extraordinary. Uh, But now, of course, with this latest setback, their health will be a major concern. Let's just hope that they're rescued soon. It's not every day you get to pick the brains of David Beckham, former footballer, husband of Spice Girl Posh, Victoria Beckham to you and I, a fashionista and now owner of Inter Milan Football Club. But that's exactly what Times senior sports writer Matt Dickinson did. And earlier I caught up with Matt and asked him what David is actually like in person. (laughs) Well, he's certainly on time. Um, I've done, I've interviewed him many times over way back to when he was I think I first did something with him when he was about 18 19 I was covering Manchester United and he is ultra professional I mean if he says he will call at four o'clock for an interview 359 and 59 seconds he will ring (laughs) um you know he's very precise okay that's interesting I don't think I would have ever thought that I suppose so that's quite interesting to start with now in your article you do talk about the Inter Miami kit a lot um, and Bex explains why he decided to go with pink you know he's never been afraid to uh, stand out from the crowd um, David Beckham and we can go back to you know obviously his sarong that he wore shortly before the the 1998 World Cup probably sort of introduced uh, his shall we say flam you know the flamboyant side and the you know, the sort of the fashionista um, side to the wider public. And I think he's always just had an eye for for what's going to stand out and what's going to make an impact. And I think he, you know, he looked through 
sat with this creative agency in, in Brooklyn, New York, and went through a hundred years of kits and logos and, you know, saw all the patterns that had been and, and thought, what's what's missing out of this lot? And it was pink. Uh, and pink appealed also because their associations with Miami, um, you know, with some of the architecture there and the buildings and the sunsets. David Beckham was once called the first sort of metrosexual footballer. And maybe this is further evidence. He certainly does stand out indeed. Um, and I did want to talk to you as well about his latest signing. Uh, we're talking the eight-time Ballon d'Or winner, Lionel Messi. How on earth did he square that circle? Yeah, I mean, it's quite nuts, really, isn't it? It's taken, it took painstaking work. It took many years of 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 sort of seduction of Messi. It took, you know, the coming together of of perfect circumstances where Messi was looking for a sort of final career move. But Miami, um, they put together a, a you know hard sell for him, which included you know at least fifty million dollars a year in salary, but also to be part of the developing uh, soccer world in in the USA, which with the forthcoming World Cup, you know, is is growing from from strength to strength. It is indeed. Your article is a fascinating read, Matt. Thanks so much for joining us at The World in 10. Before we go, a quick look ahead to tomorrow's podcast and an interview with Omid Scobie, the unofficial biographer of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. We are at this pivotal moment in time where the future of the royal family as we know it um, is in a crisis of sorts. That crisis being a lack of interest from young people and an apathy, a growing Republican movement, um, questions over whether they still, you know, the family still uphold the morals and values of the Crown that the Queen did such a great job of. But when you look at the the cast of characters outside of the, that, it has been questionable, particularly in the years that I've been covering it for. Thanks for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the Times of London. See you tomorrow. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.